Welcome to our classroom. In this space, we talk about education, which is inclusive of, but not limited to, what happens in schools. Education is taking place whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. I am your host, Roberto Germán, and our classroom is officially in session. In this episode of our classroom, I'm joined by my co-founder, my partner in crime, Lorena Hedman, author of Textured Teaching. We're going to be talking about what's going on in Florida, y'all. So get ready. Welcome back to our classroom. Today I'm joined by Lorena Hedman. Welcome, Lorena. Hey, thanks for having me back, even though you said you wouldn't. I did say that, but, you know, <laughs> mm. there's an opportunity to rethink things and yeah. mm-hmm. maintain flexibility as oh, stated, I see, I see. one of the pillars of texture teaching. Right, right. Well, let's go ahead and dive right in. A lot of people keep asking us, what's going on in Florida? Uh-huh. Hey. You guys live in Florida. It's crazy down there. What's going on? Yeah. And it depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. Because every day is a crazy day in the state of Florida. Yeah. But what we're going to talk about today is Florida has approved the controversial new standards for teaching African-American history mm-hmm. at, at the public schools. and. Yeah. What an interesting, what an interesting decision that has provided so much fodder for conversation. Everybody's covering it. So let's dig in. Yeah. They're talking about slavery. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's one of the key issues that has surfaced. One of the conversations that people are having is like, hey, they're trying to teach that there were benefits of slavery. I would say make it make sense, but there's no way that you can make it make sense. But go ahead. Why don't you share your perspective on this new controversial issue that is being pushed here in Florida? I mean, I think first it's important to explain what is going on. That's a good question. So what, where we have to begin is actually, I think, explaining what is going on here. So the first thing is, is that the most recent, you know, policy that was passed or the new standards are specifically for African-American history classes, which I'm not sure actually at what point in the curriculum or, or in grade levels they're expected to, when it's expected to be taught. Because I know that as it stands in lower elementary, that's not a thing. So I'm not sure where that comes in. But this um, new policy or this new standard, I actually have it here. I screenshotted it because I was like, I need to read this over and over. So the way the standards are written is you've got a standard and some of them have a clarification, a benchmark clarification. So there's like the fine print under the standard. So... That's what this is. This is a clarification a in addition to the standard. So the standard itself is examine the various duties and trades performed by slaves. For example, agricultural work, 
painting, carpentry, tailoring, uh, domestic service, blacksmithing, transportation. It's important to read that because when asked about this, DeSantis yesterday, I believe, talked about blacksmithing. He's like, oh, well, you know, they learned these skills that later on ended up helping them. And I'll get to why that whole thing is problematic. But that's why he's saying blacksmithing. That's why his, that was his example is because it actually comes from the standard. Yeah, I mean, so it's even interesting to think about. It's even interesting to think about, like, why are they asking this? You know, like, what what's the intention and what's the importance right. of knowing the trades right. that those who were enslaved right. had to engage in? Right, right. That's what I, I want to talk about that, too. But here's the benchmark clarification. Clarification one, instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. So that's that's the language. That's the thing that everybody's citing and quoting on the articles, etc. It's that clarification pertaining to that standard. And I actually don't think that it's bad to teach the idea that there were many duties and trades performed by enslaved people. The first issue here too is like this language. We're in 2023 and for a number of years now, um, historians and, and people in the field of particularly African-American studies have talked about not necessarily using the word slave, but using the word enslaved, right? right? Because it clarifies the relationship to slavery. So, so there's that, right? Like that language has to be updated. But anyway, so then, you know, your question is the, is the I think, the appropriate next one. What is the point of such a thing? Why would I teach that to students, right? Um, I think that there is value in students understanding how plantations worked so that they can make parallels to present day, but also to understand how slavery and that period of enslavement was directly tied to and connected to American economy and why so many people wanted to fight to keep it because it, you know, clearly directly um, fed their families. It was how they made a living. So that's why I think that can be important, but for that purpose, not for the purpose of showing, well, they gained skills from it because then that implies that slavery was beneficial, that slavery was a good thing, that we can look at the silver lining, right? And conclude that some people being enslaved ended up being good for them. It's paternalistic and it's racist. So we're back to the square one. It's interesting to think about what, not just DeSantis, but many folks who are in that circle or side of the spectrum or whatever language we want to use, but a contingency of people that are on the, Hey, you know, we need to, we need to dismantle woke indoctrination, right? The notion of indoctrination, I would argue applies here, mm -hmm. right? The, mm -hmm. the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy is wild, yeah. right? And so if DeSantis and, and, and folks that think along those lines are arguing, well, you know, they're 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 teaching lies. Right. And they're trying to change history. 
And then the counter is to do what? To teach lies. Right. <laughs> or omit truths. Right. Or okay. manipulate information. Right. Because that that's that's what's sinister about this, right? Because it's like, yeah, there were people that gained some skills. Sure. So now you want to use that as an argument to say that slavery was beneficial. And then that creates a domino effect. Let's say that, yes, slavery was beneficial, right? Let's pretend for a second. It was a, it was a good thing for African-Americans to experience because they gained skills. Therefore, they are not oppressed. Therefore, reparations isn't necessary, right? Therefore, racism is not, uh, you know, that wasn't the curse, the precursor for the Civil War. It's, it, it's not the foundation for um, the period of enslavement. It was actually a thing that we all benefited from. So, like, if you were to even follow that, that's why you have to stop it right there. Because if you follow that chain of thought, it opens up so many it's doors. It's impossible. It's impossible. Because you can't talk about the enslavement of African folks without considering the physical damage, psychological damage, spiritual damage, emotional damage, so oh. on and so forth. Right. That has extended generations. Right. To present day. Like it, it's impossible. Okay, but it's impo- I agree with you. Have, you. You have to teach this stuff in its proper context, right? Right. Yeah. So you you can't get into hey they developed these skills without saying like yeah at the expense of everything, everything, yeah. families being destroyed, right. being removed from your homeland, right. being physically everything. abused emotionally abused, raped, uh, tortured, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lack of op- educational opportunities, right. right? Even seeking an education can cost you your life. You can't teach this right. stuff without saying all those other critical pieces that right. folks really don't want us teaching about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's what's interesting to me is that um, I remember years ago, like, you know, just seeing all, none of this is new. So these ideologies, these these policies that they want to pass, that they are passing, at least here in Florida and in some other states, um, it is not new ideas. It's the same recycled, you know, it's the same sentiment and the same ideologies from when um, the, you know, racism began. It's all the same. So I think about, for example, years ago, and and you've seen this video, I shared it with you and we've watched it and we've shared it and and some of our workshops where, um, you know, you've got this um, uh, congressman, well, no, he was a senator, and he was saying and questioning this panel that he was on, it was at the Republican National Convention a number of years ago, and he was just like, yeah, I mean, um, the West is the one that came up with everything, like all of civilization, and he genuinely and condescendingly was like, what has the East done? What has Africa done as a civilization? You know? And so like, there's that. Then there's, you know, this guy, I know there's the, the guy who I don't even want to name who was on, um, you know, rush, rush, whatever his name, last name, limbo was on Fox. And he would make the arguments often that slaves or that enslaved people were fed and clothed. They had housing on plantations. So these ideas are not new. Um, what we're seeing is a sophisticated conversation around it, right? Or the performance of civilized 
two sides, right? This this respectability of like, well, we have to explore all the different potentials. Let's be fair and say that enslaved people did gain some skills. But like, okay, you think white people were hiring black blacksmiths? You think they were hiring uh, these people who now have these new skills, right? So like even these skills, we have to wonder, okay, well, did they benefit them in any way? Were they able to make a living? Were they able to actually practice um, and and make financial benefit in a in a legitimate way, nationally speaking. And then when they did start to do that in their own communities, we see that their communities got burned down and bombed, like in Tulsa, here in Rosewood, and in other places. So, to you know, it's just preposterous to really sit around and think that because you're making an argument that enslaved people somehow gathered skills along the way, that somehow you know that that it it is going to eventually make an argument for you to minimize the impact and horrors of slavery, which is the intention, I think, behind this. Yeah, in the BBC article by Sam Cabral, it, it, it mentioned that in the statement that, that was provided uh, on Thursday, w- William Allen and, and Francis Presley Rice, members of the working group that developed the new guidelines, said the language on skills was meant to show that those enslaved were not merely victims. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such an interesting framing. Exactly. Because it's like, yeah, you're right. They they weren't merely victims because they had enough spirit and fight to not remain victimized, right? But what were they fighting for? Freedom. Hello. Right. Hello. Right, for their humanity. So, yes, they were victims under this oppressive system. Oh, there goes a bad word. I said oppressive. We can't say oppressed to privilege. Right. Right. They're removing that from the curriculum. Crazy. Removing that from the standards. You can't use this type of oppressed to privilege. We can't say that. This is wild to me. This is wild. And and just so folks are clear, we're, we're not advocating for anybody especially current day to operate from a deficit mindset we're not encouraging folks to to see themselves as victims but we're also not letting perpetrators off the hook right sorry not sorry wrong is wrong and so would we say that somebody who experienced a crime right let's say you're out shopping and there's a robbery and you you weren't the target but you know you had hit by a stray bullet would we say that person was not merely a victim <laughs> they were well, well, they were a shopper. Mm-hmm. They were a victim, but they were a shopper, so they weren't mererely a victim, right. right? Like, no, but you were still a victim, you know? Right. You got I mean, shot. that's why I'm. That's why I'm saying that. Even that wording, right? They're not merely a victim. That is the wording. Uh, that's the expression of the idea of minimizing slavery, of proving that this system was, in fact, not so bad. Right. And so to discredit present day arguments and movements. Um, 
the other thing is, right? Like, so <laughs> it's crazy because you you sit and you have to actually now in a classroom, right? Because now immediately I'm like, okay, if I'm a teacher, what in the world am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to address this? And they're really, your hands are tied, which right. is ironic because this is supposedly the party. And, and I don't even mean to make this about political parties, but, you know, he's running for president in a political party and he has become senator, um, I mean, governor uh, through a political party. But this is the party of freedom and they're fighting for freedom of speech and they're fighting for freedom of learning. But you're ironically limiting that by bringing in untruths, by lying, by lying. So, you know, I, the irony of it, and I, I think um, the other thing that I've been thinking about too is the, the, this all proves the things they've been trying to disprove so, um, so strongly. Right. So the argument that slavery wasn't so bad proves <laughs> that slavery was so bad. That's why you're trying to minimize it. Right. That's why you're trying to argue that it's something we shouldn't keep talking about. But why are we not going to talk about something that you have not made amends for? It's almost like when when one person offends another person and then they start their apology by saying, well, I apologize if I offended you. Or I know it's not that serious, but, you know, just right. in case. No, you know that you did. That's what we need to acknowledge. You know that you did. So stop. Right. And fully embrace yeah. the opportunity to apologize and then work towards restoration. And here's the other thing, because the, the victim language is really important, because that's that's some of the language that even black folks have used who support some of this. Right. Um, that language of I'm not a victim. I don't want to be seen as a victim. And I think it's important to address that. Which, and I, here's I, why I, which think, I completely understand. And, and, right? and I, I do. That resonates with me. Yes. Here's the thing. I think immediately of the work of Dr. Eve Tuck, right, which I've cited in The Anti-Racist Teacher, when she talks about suspending damage. And she talks about us as, well, she talks about researchers there, but I apply it to education, right? That the narratives that we teach, the books that we choose, the content that we pass on to students and that we structure with our teaching should both show struggle and defeat because that is a true part of people's histories, but also the joy and the resilience to your point earlier about, yeah, they were trying to survive, right? Like they developed skills to survive. So yes, do we, do we want to address the truth of the struggle and the hardship that African-Americans specifically have experienced in this nation? Absolutely. It must because it speaks to current conditions in this society and, and, that experience is not the totality of who they are. That experience doesn't define them. It has shaped them as a people, as a group, but it is not who they are or all of who they were, which is why that word enslaved is important instead of slave, because slave is like who you are versus enslaved is what was done to you. And so it implies that there was an enslaver and it welcomes other people into that conversation Right. It implies there was a system. There was a hierarchy. It implies that there were certain folks who were running the system. It implies that there were benefits to to one group and not the other. 
Hey, listen, they, 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 they're doing all types of things. Verbal gymnastics. To, right, right. Verbal gymnastics. Trying to somersault your way out of yep. the truth. Mm-hmm. Like this was a reality. It's an ugly reality. And nobody likes this. Right. Well, I guess the people that, you know, benefited the most and like really um, were implementing and trying to sustain the system did like it. But like the average sane person with a heart um, <laughs> and some type of conscious does not like this. Right. And I don't think most people want to be talking about this constantly. I don't want right. to talk about this all the time. But like, you give us no choice. Right. When you keep doing this stupidity. Right. This what these people said. They said, they, they, they said, Florida students deserve to learn how slaves took advantage of whatever circumstances they were in to benefit themselves and the community of African descendants. <laughs> and then the education commissioner, Manny Diaz. Uh, There's a call to remove that, him. Uh, as age appropriate. We go into some of the tougher subjects all the way into the beginnings of the slave trade, Jim Crow laws, the civil rights movement, and everything that occurred throughout our history. Hey, Manny, we can't trust you. No. You're telling us we can't even use words like privileged and oppressed. Right. We can't trust you. Right. Ah, This is ridiculous. What I was going to say was, to your point, like the irony... Of, of of them, I don't, I'm not sure who them is right now, but them, maybe who support these things and who are the anti-woke and anti-CRT folks, right? The irony of them claiming that those of us who are in agreement with teaching about truth and, and teaching things truthfully, that we want to bring race into everything. <laughs> the irony, yet you are the one who continues to keep up this racist system alive. They and the ideologies that feed that system. They they inspire us to keep going. I th- anybody who's been around me, who's close to me, who rocks with me on a daily basis knows I'd rather be playing pickleball. <laughs> I could be out there getting my game up, getting myself to the next level. Whatever. But I got to put that on pause because it is madness. Yeah, man. Oh, this is wild. This is wild. We're going to pump the brakes. And then in the next part of our conversation, we're going to get a little deeper into thinking about what what our colleagues, educators are experiencing, right? And how we could best support them. As always, your engagement in our classroom is greatly appreciated. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show, and write a review. Finally, for resources to help you understand the intersection of race, bias, education, and society, go to multiculturalclassroom.com. Peace and love from your host, Roberto Germán.